I'm so excited to be diving into what God has in store. How many know that it's not just the word of God that we hear, but it's the word of God that we receive that becomes fruit in our lives? And so my prayer in this is that, Lord, as we hear your word, let it be something we receive and walk in. We're going to the land of the promise. How many want to go to the land of the promise? Come on. God has spoken a word over your life. And even if you haven't heard it, God has spoken a word over you when you were born. The Bible says that he knit us together in the womb, right? He counted all the hairs on our head. He knows everything about you. And the Lord spoke a word over you. And you are living it out every day. And for some of you, you're on a journey right now. Some of you have been following God maybe for years or maybe months or maybe you're still on the journey to know, is this for you? And so wherever you are, the Lord has spoken a word over you. And we believe that God is leading us to this land of the promise. Now, if you go back in scripture, you'll see all of the journeys of those that were following God be on a journey. And the journey came with processes. And the journey came with valleys. And the journey came with sometimes trials that looked too big for them to handle. And the Lord spoke a word to me. He said the word beyond. And there's three meanings that I want to dive into in this series. And last week, we talked about the beyond of the distance, beyond where I am currently, looking into where the Lord is calling me to. And for some of you, the Lord is calling you to take that step, to go somewhere you haven't been. So how do we lean into the God of beyond, the beyond where I am currently? Today, I want to dive into the, the God of beyond the, to cross or to go through. There's a beyond that sometimes we have to go through. It's a beyond the barrier. It's a beyond the mountain. It's a beyond the unknown. How many have ever faced the unknown? Or maybe some of you, how many are facing the unknown right now? Talk to some of you that you're, you're looking for a job. You're coming into the next season of your life. You maybe just moved to Philadelphia. It's a lot of our story, right? Just moved into a new place, new area. Now you're making a home in the land where God has put you. But sometimes in our journey, we come into something that's in the way of where we're going. We face a mountain. We face a valley. We face that which feels like it's containing us. And it almost seems to stop our journey. How many have ever felt that? It feels like you're on pause. It's like you're going, going, going. Then all of a sudden, out of the blue, something happens. A storm takes place. There's a valley. And all of a sudden, you're like, it's not as easy as it was. And what used to flow now is a struggle. And the things that I, I've been praying for seem to be dried up. And sometimes, I don't know if you felt this way, but there are times where even my prayers feel like they're bouncing off the ceiling. It feels like I'm talking to myself. And when we get to these places, I want to talk today about how do we cross over? How do we go through? How many know valleys aren't going to go away? How many know streams are going to be in every path, right? How many know mountains will always be there? This is life, right? This is our life. But we can learn by the power of of scripture by by leaning into what the Lord is speaking to us, we can go through and cross over. How many are ready to cross over? How many feel like you got a river right now? You're you need to cross over. For some of you, it might be 
a barrier of doubt. I know for me, there's been times in our life where something will come into our story. And up until a certain point, it all looks one way. And then a chapter takes place in your story. And all of a sudden makes you start questioning. And you get a little doubt. It's like the God that I used to sing to and the God that I believed in, the word that I read and church I was a part of hearing the message. Now all of a sudden it's being tested by what's in front of me. And sometimes doubt can creep in and that can become the stream. It can become the river in front of us. Sometimes it could be shame from the past. I know when I first received Jesus, I was really young, but then I remember the day that it came to my realization, like you actually grow up and understand, wow, I don't deserve what the Lord gave me. You know, Jesus died on the cross, but it was when I was filthy. It was when I literally didn't choose him at all. And yet he still loved me. And in that, in that moment where you understand that he's a sanctifying God, he's, he loves us and he, he washes us clean, but we have to come to him dirty. And it's in that that sometimes shame can be a barrier between us and God because we feel like we're not worthy. We feel like we shouldn't come into. I, I know a lot, of, a lot of friends that I've invited to church are like, you don't want me showing up. Lightning's going to strike. The whole place is going to go up in flames. How many have friends like that? They're like, believe me, if I step in, God's going to be mad at that place. I'm like, no, you don't understand. You have to come as you are. But sometimes shame can be that barrier. Getting into the land of the promise, getting into what God spoke to you can, it can be a shame of the past or what has happened or what you've done or where you've been. Sometimes it could be regret, regret of, of an opportunity that you didn't take or a regret of something you tried and failed at. Life is funny and life is full of opportunities. And sometimes opportunities are missed and that's a regret. It's like, shoot, if I would have just, I'd have been the winner. If I would have just taken that, I would have been more successful. If I would have just followed through and done a little more work, I would have been there instead of here, right? Or regret can come in, in other opportunities where you try something and you fail. And you're like, see, I'm not good enough. And so that regret can hold on and be a barrier in your path. Another thing that can easily creep in is anger. And anger can come in all forms. Anger can come from someone else. You can give me anger, right? I've been through situations in my life where loved ones and people that are very close to me all of a sudden broke trust. And they did something to me that hurt me. And so now I have anger in that area of my life. And if I don't deal with it, it becomes a barrier. If I don't deal with that anger and say, all right, I can't live there. Anger is human, okay? Let's just, go, let's just get real, okay? Anger is human. We, we find even Jesus who came into the temple, right? You remember the story where he flipped tables, right? This is the Jesus that, you know, we don't talk about a lot because we like the Jesus with the lamb, you know? Like groomed Jesus, you know? When we look at the life of Jesus, we, we see that there were times where he got irate. Because of what was happening in the house of God. It was a righteous anger, but anger is a part of the story. Anger is a part because it happens to us. Sometimes it comes from someone else, and sometimes it can even come internally. Where we get angry at ourselves. Or, and anger is something that we have to deal with. But how many know that we serve a God who is a miracle worker? He's a barrier breaker. He's the one who parts the ocean and, and peacemaker. I was talking with... Uh, Justin, one of the artists 
that are doing the mural. Did you all see it uh, coming in today? They started it yesterday, yesterday morning. And I'm out there, and Zion came out, and we were just looking at the different artists and talking about, you know, what, what was the process of that? Like, how they come up with these ideas? And I was sitting in here with Justin, because my kids are a huge fan. He, he's got these stickers, and he's got this little character on it called, um, oh, what's it called? The little, uh, oh, Zion's going to be like, Dad, you didn't know that? Little villain. No, that's not right. Something. Anyways, it's a really cool caricature that he's come up with. Now it's a part of all of his art. And he's out there, and Zion comes out, and he goes, oh, it's on our building. I'm like, I know, right? How cool is that? So I was talking with him, and he's like, I'll come in and talk with the kids and all. So we're sitting in here talking, and the kids are playing video games, and we're just chatting. And we're talking about the process of creativity. And we hit on this a little bit in our, our, uh, our series, The Age of the Counterfeit. But I think sometimes we overlook that, that, that area where you have to work through something. He said so much today is so, so instantaneous that if we, don't, if we don't learn to stop and process and sit on something. And he talked about the, the transformation of, of what he first designed in the start was this big giant character who was all mean and mad and angry and taking over things. And then it formed and transformed into this caricature that actually looks nice. Looks like a Hello Kitty for guys, you know. And you'll see it out there. But he's talking about the process of that and how it happened in Sometimes the frustration of just trying something new and ah, that didn't work and let's try something new. He talked about the process of being bored and the process of being uh, in, the, in the place where you don't know. But if we skip over the going through, you'll never have victory in the land of the promise. This is one of the beyonds that God is calling us to. And so I want you to, to get a mental picture right now, even as we dive into this, of what is your barrier? What is the thing that stands in your path? Whether it be one of those things that I mentioned or whether it be something else. Something that you come up against and now you're staring at it in the face. I want to look at Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3 today. We're going to start in verse 1. But I'm going to look at this story because... Here we find a new leader. Moses had died and he, he was leading the people of Israel through the wilderness. And now we have a new leader rise to the position. And Joshua now is taking the people on this journey into the promised land. On their path, well, God has already spoken over them. Here we find, let's read together. Joshua, oh, I'm sorry, I'm in Joshua 1. Joshua 3, verse 1. Here we go. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. Everybody say crossing over. Come on. There's always something you got to cross over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. I want to pause right there. Because the Ark of the Covenant, you have to understand something about this thing. This Ark of the Covenant had the presence of the Lord. So before Jesus died on the cross and the veil was broken, right, and we could just come before him boldly, and that's why today you can come into church and just freely worship. You can go home 
freely worship. And the Lord's presence is everywhere. Back in biblical time, the presence of the Lord was contained in the temple of the Lord. And then it moved with the Ark of the Covenant. And this Ark of the Covenant was a big box, and, and inside of it was the treasures that had happened in their story. So we had Aaron's staff that blossomed, right? So that's in there. You had the manna, the golden manna jar, where they put the manna that came from heaven in it to remind the next generations of the miracles of God working in their lives. That was in there. There was the Ten Commandments that Moses had gotten on the mountains, right? They're, scri they're scribed in there. They're in the box. And so this box was sacred. This box was the presence of the Lord. And what I want to point out is this, is that they commanded the people. They, they would go and they would camp. And then they would move camp and they would follow. And when Moses was leading, they had a cloud that would lead them. Cloud by day, fire by night. Right? And they would follow the presence of the Lord. And Moses always prayed this prayer. Lord, let your presence go before us. We will not go unless you lead us. Right? I will not go up from here unless your presence goes with me. Because he understood something. Without the presence of the Lord, there is no victory. How many know that to be true? Uh, when I get in my own strength is when I start losing. <laughs> and, and I start losing everything. Not just the battle. I start losing my mind. I start losing my temper. I start losing everything when the presence of the Lord doesn't go with me. So he said to the people, hey, when you see the Ark of the Covenant move, you'll know. You'll know to get up and, and move from your place. I think this is so key in your story is that you understand what the presence of God looks like, feels like, tangibly, so that you know when the Lord moves, you move. When the Lord starts to shift, you start to shift. It's so important to be in tune, to be locked in. And what he was telling the people is, hey, I know you got lives. You've been setting up tent here, right? You've been doing your thing, living, living your own purpose and strategy. But when this thing moves, be locked on. Be locked on. I want to encourage somebody in the room that if you're looking at your barrier today, it's time to lock eyes with the one who can save you. If you're looking at your river today and you're coming up against what you need to cross over and your eyes are locked on it, it's time to move your eyesight and to move it onto the one who is the miracle worker, onto the one who is the mountain mover, onto the one who is the peacemaker. Come on, because sometimes we get so fixated in the problem. He said, no, put your eyes on the problem solver. Come on, put your eyes on the one who created everything, the one who can move all things. So he keeps going. He says, then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. Oh, what an encouragement, right? How many have ever been somewhere you've never been before? Come on, the Lord leads you into some place you've never done, never been never had to rise to, now you find yourself having to come somewhere you don't know. He says, just keep your eyes locked on the Ark of the Covenant. Keep your eyes locked on the presence of God. Keep your eyes locked on the Lord, then you'll know what to do. Then you'll know which way to go. I love that. He said, but keep a distance about 2,000 cubits between you and the Ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. I want to camp out right there. No pun intended with the Land of Promise journey, camping. But I want to camp out right there because Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. Now, the word consecrate literally means association with the sacred. To associate and be familiar with the sacred. To set apart, right? To be, to declare holy. In other words, he said, become acquainted 
and yoked with what is holy. Now, sometimes in our struggle, we can be yoked to certain things that we think is going to save us, is going to take us deeper, it's going to go further. I remember when I started to learn how to play guitar. And I was just a kid. I think I was like, I must have been 11 or 12 years old. But my parents got me this little guitar and had a little amp in it. And so I cranked it up. But I remember when I first got my first lesson. And I was so disappointed when I went to my first lesson. How many know when you go to a lesson and the first one is always about the fundamentals? As a kid, that's like a curse word, you know? Fundamentals. I was like, oh, yuck. But I remember the only thing he taught me was a finger exercise. And I'm like, I don't want to play finger exercise. I want to play, you know? I want to play rock. Show me how to go, you know, do me something cool. And I came home and all I knew was, come on, everybody together. Try to play that in front of your family and tell them what you've learned at guitar lessons, right? Hey guys, I can play. Check this out. They're like, oh, he needs more lessons. Yeah. I know. It's all he taught me. But he taught me the fundamentals. And what he told me is this. He said, in order to get to the level you want to get, you must get the fundamentals down first. In order to go to that level you're seeking, you must strengthen what you have currently. Can I encourage someone in the room? In order to go to that next level, to go to the land of the promise, you must strengthen what's in your hands right now. In order to cross over, in order to go through, you must start with where you are. Joshua said this to the people, start here. Consecrate yourselves today. He didn't say work on it. He said, start today. Don't set a goal for months from now. Consecrate yourselves today. For tomorrow, God's going to move. Can I curse someone in the room? God wants you to get right today because tomorrow, God is moving. Tomorrow, God is moving in your behalf. And if you miss the consecration, if you miss getting uh, acquainted with the sacred, you might even miss the movement of God. Sometimes we're waiting on the movement, and yet God is waiting for us to get acquainted with him first. God move, and he's like, come closer to me. I need to know you. So when you get acquainted with me, you start to realize I'm already moving. We had dance class, part of our couples group. And not going to lie, I was terrible, okay? Not good at all, not a good dancer. I try, you know. Kirby sometimes teaches me these moves, and then they all laugh at me when I, when I learn them and do them. on the. So I'm guessing I'm not a good dancer, okay? Let's just say that. I'm a little too white, you know, so, but anyway, so we, we did dance class and the guy taught us this incredible trick that I thought was so key to everything that we did. And we're doing this one, two, triple step, one, two, trip, right? We're trying to stay locked in, me and Ashley, and trying to learn and we're fumbling. It's, it's, it's a mess. It's not looking pretty. And he, he says this, all right, with your partner, make sure you lock in chest to chest, so think about it like your string is attached to your hearts, right? And everything you do is locked in with that string. And if you can do that, if you get the locked in part, 
then you're going to flow better together. I tell you, it was like night and day difference. Now, did we look, you know, like we're dancing to the stars? Absolutely not. But we were locked in. And I think about this, when we get acquainted with the Lord, all of a sudden we lock our heart to his. It's when we get our attention on him. And we start to tune in and say, Lord, I know there's a million things I'd be listening to or reading or putting on, but I want to focus in on you. Joshua told the people, acquaint yourselves with the presence of the Lord. Get acquainted with his holiness. Get to know what it feels like when he's in the room. Get to know Jesus. He said, consecrate yourselves today. I want to encourage someone today. If you're, if you're up against something that you've got to cross over, something that you need to go through, it's time to look at what's the barriers, what's the baggage between me and him first. Because in order to cross over into the land of the promise, I got to first cross over into my relationship with Jesus. I got to get to know him because he's the good Savior. We sang about it today. He is Jireh, my provider. He is the one who provides all things when I need them. But in order to get to those levels, we got to get the fundamentals down first. We have to get everything in place to say, Lord, this, this life is yours. I am yours. I think about it every time we uh, come into a, a new home or a new building. and We've been on a journey as a church. We started out in the Penovation Center in, in Grays Ferry. And uh, one of our clients, actually, that we are uh, working with with video, he was like, hey, great relationship. So he was like, hey, you can use it as a church. So we came into that space. And then we moved from there to the CEC. How many are part of the CEC? We got any OGs in the place? All right. We blew the breaker the first service that we had there, okay? It was an old, like, 100-year-old uh, community center. And when we plugged everything in, the lights and all the music, the first note, it's like, I hope this isn't the story of what's going to happen here, you know? This is just the beginning. But every place we've been, we went to the Punchline Comedy Club. I was thinking about that today as we're setting up the tent in the rain. I was like, this is bringing flashbacks back to the trailer coming in. But what we did is we started out with a Jeep. We started out with a dream and a Jeep. We had a Jeep commander. And the, the Lord literally brought everything. But all we did was consecrate ourselves to what the Lord wanted to do. And we said, Lord, you want us in Philly. Lord, you want us to build a church. Lord, you want us to create a movement that's transforming a city. So, Lord, here we go. Here we are. We're here with you. And I don't know if you've ever felt like that. Well, you don't have anything in your hand besides yourself. Right? You're looking around. It's like, this is all I got. You better use it. You can use it. How many know the Lord can use it? How many the Lord can use your offering? What you have now. What you have currently. I want to ask you, my friend, what is in your hand? What do you have a part of your journey, a part of your story that the Lord is asking you to consecrate to him? Say, Lord, I want to attach my heart to yours so that everything I have is yours. When I think of everything, every space we've been in and every home that we've walked into, we always bless the space. I was actually having a really interesting conversation with someone the other day. We were talking about homes and what they carry and getting weird vibes when you go through a walkthrough. And it's like, oh, I don't know what happened there. You know, we've been through those houses where it's like, oh, this is like dark and kind of creepy. And 
all this stuff. And, and we were talking, I was saying, you know, but what happens is homes, they carry whatever comes in, right? But when light comes in, the Bible says that darkness has to flee. And so we believe that every time we come into a new space, we bless it. We did it with this, with this house. We came into this building and we wrote scriptures on the wall and we prayed over and we blessed the space. And I don't know what this space, we, I mean, we kind of get an understanding of what this space was used for in the past, but I don't know what happened here. I don't know what people were here and what they said, what they declared over this area. I don't know. I have no idea. But guess what? It doesn't matter because where light comes in, darkness has to flee. I say this to say this. Your story might be filled with dark spaces. You might have been through some craziness in your past. But can I tell you, we serve a redeeming God who when he comes in with his light, darkness has to flee. And therefore, where you are right now is a new creation. And the Lord is declaring promises over your promised land. He's declaring promises over your next step. And though you might be having something you need to cross over, let me tell you, you are not alone. Let's keep reading. This is good. This is good. You see, what happens is in verse 8, Joshua said, tell the, tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, go and stand in the river. Oh, man, I got to do this quick. We're closing. Sean, you can come so I don't keep preaching for hours and hours, okay? Some of you have come up to a barrier, and you have a choice to make. Will you step in or will you detour? Be like, that's crazy. I'm not going to do that. And when the Israelites came in, they came up to the river. And the Lord spoke to Joshua and he said, listen, this is just something that you need to cross over. And I'm talking to someone in the room today. Because you're up against something that the Lord is speaking to you. You need to cross over. You need to go through. And here's what the commandment was. Take the presence of the Lord. This is the consecration part, right? Aligning ourselves with the heart of the Father. That's number one. But he said, when the priests take the Ark of the Covenant, tell them to stand in the river. Sometimes you got to take this step before the water stops flowing. Ah, I'm talking to somebody today because you see that water flowing. You see that water rushing. You're like, there is no way. And God is calling you to step in faith, saying, oh, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm going to stand in the river until you move. I'm going to stand until the water stops flowing. But sometimes it takes that step of faith to say, I'm going to do it. I think about David and Goliath. I think about Moses, how he had to lead the people through the, the water. I think about uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They had to go through the fire. I think about Daniel, who was thrown in the lion's den, standing in the midst of the river, waiting for God to move. How many feel like that? Where you're story, you're standing in the river, and you're like, God, where are you? They said the that when the priests stepped in and they dipped their feet in the water, woo, it's, maybe it was chilly, I don't know. Maybe it was cold on their sandals. But the, the Bible says that when they stood in the river, this is where you can be. When you stand in the river, say, God, I have acquainted myself with your presence. I feel like you're calling me onward. And so I'm standing in the river. The Bible says that on down, way down the line of the river, 
the water stopped flowing and it started piling up. I love this story because God doesn't just move on your behalf. Now he's moving for counties over. Now he's moving for neighbors over that way, over yonder. He's moving so much. There's so much land for all to come in. God, God's not just doing your story for you. God's accomplishing something in you so that he can save an entire generation. Amen? Come on. God's doing something in me so that I get outside of myself and start loving people the way that he does. And I'm standing in the river. I don't know if you find yourself here today, but can I tell you that when you do this and you get comfortable standing in the water, my God is the miracle worker. Come on, some of you need to hear that. My God is the miracle worker. <laughs> Come on. Oh, your pants are getting wet. My God is a miracle worker. I've acquainted myself with the sacred. I've consecrated myself. I've gotten rid of things that were a barrier to me and him, to relationship with Jesus. And I want to call you friend today feel like you're standing in somewhere that God is calling you to cross over. And today, you say, Pastor, I need to consecrate myself. I'm there too, my friend. I need to consecrate myself. Say, there's some things I got to put down. There's some things I have to say no to. There's some things I have to walk into, but I have to walk out of first. And the Lord is calling you today to say yes to Him, to cross over, to go through, and take that step into the river. Say, my God is a miracle worker. My God is a mountain mover. My God can stop the water. Not just here, but he can stop it all the way.